Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Bridgeway Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are continuing our series in community where we're looking at different aspects of community and different characteristics of it and uh, trying to have a conversation about um, what does biblical community look like? What are some components of it? And today we are going to be looking at prayer and the gifts in community. So we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about interceding for one another, what that looks like, what's hard about it, why we must do it, and maybe some practical outworkings and stories that we've experienced um, along those lines. So uh, with me, just like last week, is Andy. Andy, how are you feeling today? Good. good. It's a good day. It's good a good day. day. Ready to hop in? I think so. Okay. I think and we so. Have, we've got a good team. We do. We have two guests with us today, if you want to make some introductions here. So we've got Mariah Stewart, who's a community leader here at Bridgeway and has been here for, I mean, a long time. 14 years. 14 yep. years. And then Erin Goss is our, her new title is Prayer Ministry Coordinator. She gets us all ready to be prayer people uh, contending for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And so excited for that new role for her. And then just to hear from the team about what this actually looks like within community. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you can give us a little bit of context for um, even just generally, and you can be very general here. Why at Bridgeway do we value the gifts of the Spirit? And like, why is that part of our culture in general before we talk specifically about community groups. Like, why is that something we're even talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think you always got to go back to this Bible. Don't. Okay. I know. Yeah. Can, can we at least start there? <laughs> uh, I mean, go 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, I mean, th- there's a bunch of different places. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So if God tells us to mm. earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, I think it's important. Uh, in chapter 12, verse 12, or starting in verse 14, it just says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would make that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, there would be where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. I mean, if we want to start at the highest level, God tells us that he has given us spiritual gifts, that we might love each other deeply, that we might encourage one another. And why would we be unified, encourage one another? So that we can experience his presence and so that an unbelieving world or those maybe far from God would look and say, that something's going on there. Mm. Something's different. I mean, it literally says in John 17, be unified, and you're unified when gifts start coming out and you start being one body. And it says, so that they would know that the Father sent the Son. Yeah. So all of this goes back to glorifying God, which, you, why do all podcasts here come back to like <laughs> the, glory the glory of God? Of yeah. God? So it's yeah. amazing. So that's the biggest reason why, I mean, I think there have to be active on Sunday mornings when we're together. 
But there are just things on – it can't all happen on Sunday mornings. We have an hour and a half, and, and life has to be more than that, and the church is definitely more than that. Yeah, definitely. Mariah, what do you, what do you when you think about Bridgeway and um, our focus on the spiritual gifts, um, what to you is important about that? Like about like the spiritual gifts in the church family. Like before, I just want to try to lay a, a short foundation of mm-hmm. why are we talking about the, the spiritual gifts? Why are they important? And then we can apply it to community. But the yeah. spiritual gifts and their role in the church. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And come a little closer to the mic if you yeah. can. Yeah. Um, well, I think everybody. It's the opportunity for everybody to be involved. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, on a Sunday morning. You know, there's only a handful of people that are necessarily involved. Right. Um, obviously, we're always trying to grow even that culture on Sunday morning at Bridgeway. But um, I feel like if everybody's moving in their gifts, everyone feels like they've got their part, they've got their place. And there's that sense of belonging mm. that is such a big deal. That, And then the world sees that, and they're so hungry for that sense of belonging. And so... Um, you know, it, it draws people in too. Yeah. So no, I think it's really important. Aaron, what, what would you add to that? Like the importance of the gifts in church life? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like I feel we were just talking about this in a prayer meeting this morning. Like if, if everyone was walking in their gifts, mm. what would the body of Christ look like? Yeah. We would not need volunteers. Any, I mean, all the volunteer places would be filled all the child's rooms would be filled. We would have the intercession full of people. We would have hosp- hospitality team would be full, and it would be incredible. Like, we would be a well-functioning machine, which is how God in- intended for us to walk in our gifts. Yeah. And I know there's, like, there's biblical imperatives that talk about using the gifts in, uh, like, when we meet together. You know, like you read from 1 Corinthians 12, you know, and uh, and 1 Corinthians 14 talks about, the gifts being used in a corporate setting and even some like rules on making sure everybody gets heard and not to speak over mm-hmm. one another. So it's clearly in a community setting. And I feel like most of the time we apply first Corinthians 14, maybe to a corporate gathering like a Sunday morning. But I think it's definitely easy to argue uh, that not only would that would first Corinthians 14 apply to a community group setting, but um, anytime there's Christians together that have been gifted, those gifts should be coming to the fore Absolutely. and being used. So um, maybe maybe talk to me a little bit, Andy, about um, what role you see spiritual gifts playing and prayer playing um, in community groups, particularly, and why it, why it's so imperative that we lean into that as um, Christians living and working, doing life together. Yeah, I mean, I think where it has to move out of Sundays is when we look at our community groups. We 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 and we've talked about it in previous episodes, but this we want to come together and abide with the Father, abide in the Holy Spirit. And then fellowship, which I feel like I'm going to say in every episode, like the fellowship in Acts 2 is talking about this deep one anothering. And then there's over 60 one anothering commands. And you start thinking, um, um, I have a list that's like, it tells you how many one anotherings are in the New Testament that have to deal with love, encouragement, greeting. And those are the ones that really stand out. Because when we're thinking about the body, God has said, hey, I have, I've made you to be one, and the way you're one is as you serve and love and greet. And what are the purpose of spiritual gifts? To actually edify the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? So in our homes, in our, in our small groups, in our community groups, we want to look at the um, one another in commands and actually live them out. And that just can't happen, in my mind, all or maybe even 
I don't know, like percentage wise, a third, <laughs> a third can happen on a Sunday morning. And, and, and there are some great things and there's some great one anothering moments, but like, what does it look like to one another each other through life? Mm. So in suffering, um, man, can you imagine if you just went through this terrible loss and the only time that you got to see people was Sunday morning mm. yeah. and they were like, man, how are you? Right. Man, I'm terrible. Well, let me pray for you. Yep. And then, man, we'll see you next Sunday. Right. So, like, I think I think when we think about spiritual gifts and prayer and contending for presence and power, nothing happens um, unless we pray. Like, mm. God is like put it in an order where we would ask Him, and then He would pour out His Spirit. And so, even when I think about prayer in the midst of spiritual gifts, those have to be happening in our community groups for us to fellowship. And then, one of the things in Acts two that it says they're devoted to prayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only four things that's listed there, and prayer is one of them, which means it's vital. And that means as we get together and contend, something's happening, Mm -hmm. and and God is moving. And I've seen it in community groups that I've been in in the past. Uh, I've seen it even over the last few weeks in our community group where just, man, there is somebody's going through something, or the group is just crying out for the presence. And then there are these moments when God is like, you just feel, okay, he is sending his presence because we're gathered, we're asking, and it's 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 hard to gather all the time, and and but he's calling us to do more of that. So yeah. I don't know if that helps. Well, but. a question I have, and maybe Mar- Mariah or Aaron, maybe you guys can answer one of this if it sparks a chord with you. Uh, like one wh- one thing I'm thinking is you brought up all these one anothering commands. You know, um, like you've got this list here. You know, uh, love one another, encourage one another, greet, forgive, be humble, bear in love, pray, don't lie, live in peace, be devoted. All these things we do to one one another, uh, and yet we're having this conversation under the umbrella of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let me let me like put on a little fa- facetious hat here and ask a dumb question. But can't I love people, greet people, welcome people, encourage people without using the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Like, can't I just do that by being a good person? Or, you know, you get what I'm getting at here is like, how do those one anothering commands uh, go along with the gifts of the Spirit? Like, is, are, are those things connected? Is that why you brought up the one anothering commands? I'm just curious what you guys think about can like how 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 does the the gifts of the Holy Spirit help us do the one anothering of Christian community? Well, I mean, I can make it real simple, which is not what you want. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, we can do nothing like so. Not any one anothering commands work outside of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't actually love, encourage, greet, forgive, be humble. We can't have the mind of Christ without the Holy Spirit coming. Now, if the separation is okay, the Holy Spirit enabling me to love my brother. And then when we're talking about spiritual gifts and us gathering in a room and and experiencing the presence of God, there are then going to be gifts as we walk it out. So if it's mercy, mm-hmm. everyone, because they have the Holy Spirit, maybe have the ability to have some mercy because we've been shown mercy. But then there are people where mercy just like, it's like, why is, I mean, it's bubbles oh, totally. out of yeah. this person. And mm-hmm. so when you start seeing the gifts, so mercy and hospitality and teaching, like there is this then beautiful picture of the body coming together. And I think while the gifts are coming out, the one anothering start to happen. Mm. So if you want to say, I don't know if it's which comes first, I think we're filled with the spirit, which then means we can love, greet, encourage each other. But it like, could you, you can't do it by yourself. Right. So you have to be in community and then in community to, to perfectly see, or at least as best as you can see the beauty of Jesus Everyone has to be walking out and what God has gifted them individually to actually bring unity to the group. Mm-hmm. 
Does that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, what, what, are, what are you guys thinking as we're talking about how the Holy Spirit enables us to one another each other? What are you guys thinking? I, I mean, I just I agree with what Andy's saying. Like, I think that it's like, <laughs> it's sort of the chicken or the egg, mm-hmm. like which comes first. Like you cannot do any of those things without the Holy Spirit. So if you are moving in those things, then you are moving in the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably something that might be surprising to some people. They may think um, that they just naturally move in something mm-hmm. like greeting or mercy, and they might think, well, I d- but I don't know if I really move in the gifts. Right. And I would say, hey, guess what? You are. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, like yeah. those things are the whole... And, and that might even be an indicator if it's something that tends to be fairly effortless for mm. you. Not that everything is going to be easy because yeah, right. it won't be. Um, but then that might be one of your primary mm-hmm. gifts that you move in. So Yeah. No, I think that's helpful to realize. It's like we often, and we're going to talk a lot about the charismatic gifts, uh, but it, it's it's something we kind of glaze over where it's like, man, you just are naturally forgiving or really welcoming when i whenever i see you on a sunday morning i immediately feel at home and it's like mm-hmm. there's something spiritual happening there mm-hmm. that breaks down someone's insecurities mm-hmm. and shame and you know desire to hide when yes. you meet a person and you see them smile something happens to you like that's a spiritual encounter you just had that only the holy spirit can communicate yes. and so uh yeah i think if, if for people who are listening here like th- those things you naturally operate in that don't seem miraculous to you sure feel miraculous to other people whenever mm-hmm. they encounter it so Absolutely. i think that's a really good point mariah mm-hmm. um well and it says in first corinthians 4 when you come together so as you gather each one has something yes a hymn a lesson a revelation a tongue or an interpretation i think what happens is most of us show up and are like i'm tired yep. i'm worn out and and even even like on the way to community groups sometimes if we would say god what do you have mm-hmm. that that you're gonna put in me whether it is uh, just some momentary thing from the Holy Spirit, or you're going to like pour gasoline on the fire of my giftings tonight. But when we come, we bring something. Mm-hmm. And I think, don't most people go to church or to community group and go, I need to receive? Receive, yeah. Which I get, because right. without receiving from God, we don't have anything. Right. But God's pouring out. Yeah, and you have to go in with both postures because if you're only going in to receive, you're not going to give. But if you're only going in to give, you're not going to receive. And so it's like it's a it's everyone's doing both. Yeah. And, and like in an idealized community group setting, you would have everybody there that had been praying beforehand and like had something ready to share or something comes up in the in the middle of the meeting and they share. But they're also there because they know they need to be and yeah. they need to receive. So I think that's that's really interesting. What what I want to like I just want to like jump in now with both feet if we can and talk about. Um, what do we mean when we, when we, when we mean, uh, when we say using the gifts in a community group setting, like what, what are we actually talking about? Um, maybe just kind of paint a picture of what we mean when we say, yeah, we want people to be using the gifts in community group. I mean, again, I, I would go back to that text and say, okay, so I know for our community group at some point, um, and, and within that it says like, bring a lesson. Well, what's up? 
what's a lesson? Mm-hmm. Like I, I immediately go to like some sort of gift of teaching. That doesn't mean that every time we gather that has to happen, but I, I could see this. I can see our room right now and I see someone who seems to have um, just that that kind of heart for, I'm gonna, I take the word and I'm, I'm really kind of pulling it apart. And then how does this apply to our lives? So someone is like kind of stoked in the gift of teaching. Um, we'll move to a time of worship and usually either someone's gonna help kind of lead us out in that. Because um, if no one's leading out in anything, you're kind of sitting around going, what's next? Right. So um, you have all these things happening. And then even moments where it's where you're sitting in community group. And we try to make this every week where it is this deep, caring, uh, uh, bearing the burdens of our brothers and sisters. This is where I see it most apparent is when we stop, we kind of open our hands we say, okay, Holy Spirit, this is what people have shared. How do you want us to pray for each other? And all of a sudden you start seeing like, hey, I had this picture. Mm-hmm. I, I had this word of knowledge. And then when that comes, it, you know, it's given to another person. And then it's, how do we test it? How do we walk that out? And, and to be able to see uh, a word of knowledge or a vision or a scripture given, uh, it, it's, it's pretty amazing when you, see that, when you see that face shift of like, mm-hmm. there is no way that somebody should have been able to know that that's where I'm at in life right now. Now, those are some of the charismatic supernatural gifts. Yep. Man, when I walk in to uh, the, another home that, that we have a community group in, I immediately feel this couple's hospitality. Mm-hmm. Like I know, it. and so there it is. There's, there's a gift that comes out in hospitality. I know when we're in a smaller setting, maybe the guys are together, I can see who has mercy because immediately when I want to be like, okay, let's pray. There might be like, can we ask a couple more questions? Cause we really yes. want to understand <laughs> yeah. how you're feeling and what you're going through. And I'm like, that's mercy. Oh yeah. Because they're digging in. So what if when we come together, there is this kind of beautiful tapestry that happens and it will happen differently. I think we can also try to like model it or yep. plan it. Right. And it's like, no, cause sometimes the person with the gift of mercy might be like, man, I am dead today for yeah. all of these different reasons. And, and God has to like use someone else on like, mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever seen the gift of encouragement happen? Oh yeah. And you see someone who's downtrodden and there is, even if it's just, I love you, someone mm-hmm. speaks that and then they, they break and there's new joy. Mm-hmm. Like to me, when I think of the everyday stuff and in my community group and in the ones I've been in the past, those are the moments when I'm like, this is God's presence coming and I'm sensing it and, and experiencing it through the gifts of other people. And we can walk through like, what are all the gifts? I don't know if that's where we're necessarily headed, but man, there because there are levels of gifts and there's categories of gifts, but ultimately the gifts in my mind, when, when I think of my personal community group, it's for us to walk away as an encouraged people. Mm-hmm. Like, like we're encouraged. We still might be sad. Right. We still might be mourning. We still might be super excited about something that's happening the next day, but we walk away going, I just feel encouraged by mm-hmm. my brothers and sisters. Yeah. So what are some ways then, um, Mariah, why don't you talk, talk to me a little bit about some ways that in community groups you've been in that you've seen the, the gifts um, acted out in like a really, in a way that you felt like was really healthy or really impactful um, and like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific story, but like a way that you kind of often or even like occasionally saw it, it happen. I just would like to start giving people some, um, pictures in their head mm-hmm. for what this might look like. So maybe we can each kind of share a quick story yeah. or something, but do you have anything, yeah. it doesn't have to be a specific story, but um, what, does it, what does it look like for you? I think 
one of the things that I've seen happen a lot is just like Andy's saying that greeting, that coming together, people bringing food. Mm-hmm. I think I think the food piece is really significant too. And some people don't realize that that might be what they're bringing that night. Mm. Like maybe they're super introverted, but they enjoyed time that during that day to cook something that they brought. Um, And they might be intimidated by some of the other aspects of the evening, but they still brought something. Um, So I wanted to encourage people with that. But I I think, um, yeah, some of it does just happen naturally. Other things you have to kind of... You have to push past awkwardness and you, you have to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that, um, I think singing is definitely something that can happens more naturally in mm. groups. I think some of the other things like prophetic words and things like that maybe don't always happen as much. Mm. Um, so we kind of have our, we kind of have our group. I feel like we kind of have our group of things that, we're comfortable with as a group yeah. um, that we maybe move in more naturally and easily. And then the ones that it's like, Ooh, this makes me a little yeah, nervous. A little you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know absolutely. Know. Yeah. Aaron, what about you? Like what, what's some examples of, of ways you've seen the gifts kind of acted out in your community groups? So I am privileged to be in the Palmer group. Yeah. So I had this amazing leader that was able to, teach us for one what it looks like to walk in the gifts and so every every group comes together and we go around what is what's going on in your family and then if there's a hard need we stop and we pray right then everyone gathers around and so there's this beautiful picture of one anothering in the group we've seen people healed Mm -hmm. we've seen emotional healing this this one person like of something that was traumatic for years broken off in one night wow. and it's incredible just to see like that when we come together in community god wants to pour out through each other using this gift and everyone gets to play mm-hmm. everyone in the room a room of over 40 adults which is a lot but we still we still are able to get to that intimate place where we get to love each other well. Yeah, I think that's a really good picture of of like a really normal-ish way, you know, that, that people could start trying to step into some of those moments and push past the awkwardness is, you know, if you just try to like get a prophetic word in a vacuum, you know, and you're not responding to anything, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just like, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whenever you're going around and you're trying to, see what the needs in the room are. So like, okay, let's go around. Like what's really hard for people right now? What's really good for people? And you go around until you land on something that's like, we need to intercede for this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, are you okay with that? Okay, great. Let's come around, let's lay hands mm-hmm. and let's start praying. And we can just pray, intercede, but we're also gonna be open for God to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we're gonna start really boldly praying for healing or, oh man, here's this word for you. You know, I think that's a really practical way um, that I think people can start tiptoeing into those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's prayer. It's talking to God. So it feels really natural, I think, for a lot of Christians who have kind of been in that culture for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's kind of praying with open ears, mm-hmm. you know. That's definitely the way that our group probably operates in it the most is just through prayer, intercession, prophetic words, that kind of thing. Um, because, And I think it's all fueled by the fact that None of us are trying to prove anything or test something. Like we're not trying to be like, 
well, we have to check the spiritual gifts box tonight, so let's ask the word, the Lord for a word. You know, we're going like, I love this couple so much, and I want them to stop suffering. God, please show up and say something. Like, it's those moments that you feel so vulnerable that you have to stop and wait for God to do something. Yeah, yeah. Mariah? Um, yeah, just that word vulnerability. I feel mm. like um, I w- I'm in this group of women that meet together to worship and pray. And this last week when we got together, um, the girl that's kind of leading it or started it just said, does anybody have anything that's on their heart today? And um, the Lord just led me to share some things that are hard in my um, in my life, in my marriage. And then what happened was every other woman started talking about her marriage, and then we spent almost an hour praying for our marriages and praying for each other. And every woman that shared after that said, I don't even know why I'm sharing this. <laughs> and then she would share really deep stuff and cry, and then the Lord poured out all these prophetic words for each woman left super encouraged and prayed for. And I, I was, I walked away from it and I felt like the Holy spirit just said vulnerability is a key to the explosion of my gifts Mm -hmm. in a gathering of people. Mm -hmm. And, and the, that in itself is a gift. So if you've got that person that's vulnerable, that's willing to be the first to just say, I'm struggling. This is hard. This is what I need prayer for. It opens up all kinds of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we keep circling around too is um, kind of what's been undergirding this whole conversation has been the gifts are there to encourage us and to come along and support us, build us up. And it's like, if we are people who come to a community group saying, oh, I don't need encouragement and I'm fine and everything's okay. It's like, well, of course there's no gifts. <laughs> of course there's no manifestation of, of what God wants to do because no one's asking and no one's bringing need. And so vulnerability is super key. Andy? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I keep coming back to, will, will we be in those moments in community group when God put somebody something on someone's heart and they spoke it. And have you noticed that a lot of times the person that the last person you think might get a word says something and you're like, oh my goodness, what just happened? The room just shifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it is the introvert or the person that is just feeling like I got nothing, I got nothing to add. And then they they get vulnerable, they risk like, okay, I've heard this from the Lord. And then I think for the group and for all of our groups to be okay with with stopping. And, and praying, and then what if that's the rest of the night? Mm-hmm. Right, yep. What I think what happens is we're like, but well, we've got to get on to the next thing right. or whatever. And so there's something about, I think, when the Holy Spirit, again, I think contending and um, fighting for the power and presence of God in our midst, I, I don't even think we understand all God wants to do if we would if we all open our hands and say, if you would come, God, we will obey. If, if we're going to lay hands on and pray for one person for the next hour, yep. would we be willing to do it? Or what if he put on someone's heart, would you just as a group pray for revival? Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole time? Right. Like, what do you mean? Well, do we believe that prayer is actually mm-hmm. powerful? I yeah. mean, do we believe that God is good and wants to pour out his mercy yeah, and do, grace? Do we believe that if we met in the living room and prayed for someone to get released from prison— would their prison bars be opened and they would knock on our door? Like that happened in Acts. Like it was just a community group meeting and praying that God would open a prison door and he did. He knocked on their door and they couldn't believe it. Like that's amazing. I love that. And we don't know how long they contended. No, we don't. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, they prayed for probably 10 minutes. <laughs> like, oh, I don't think on. the walk from the prison was that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I want to I shift a little bit here and talk about healing. Uh, we've talked a little bit about prophetic words. We just don't have a lot of time to talk in depth about everything. But with healing, especially in community groups, this, this can be really hard because um, you are meeting with these people every week you know, and sometimes more than once a week, you know, if you're really living life with these people and, um, week after week you pray and week after week you lay hands on people. Like what are some, what are some, some ways that we can keep being encouraged to pray for healing for the people in our community groups over and over and over again? Like Aaron, do you have any thoughts on that about just continuing to pray the same prayers for people constantly in community group. I feel like that's something that comes up because even if it's not healing, it could be a life situation or like in our community group, it's, it's like jobs. Like I just, that people hate their jobs and they're they, they, it's dead ends everywhere. And we've been praying for three years and it's just, um, I feel like that's something that comes up in community a lot. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, God tells us to be persistent in um, our prayers. Yeah. <laughs> And I wish I could remember Sam's quote about God not, he's not going to give us anything that we aren't asking for. Right. I don't know. That's a great. I, I know. Like it's that. so good. I wish I had it memorized. Um, but uh, knowing that either this side of heaven or in heaven, they will be healed. We're going to ask either way. God's sovereign in, in his healing when he heals, but trusting that that he wants us to pray and that we will continue to pray. And it's a way of showing love mm. to continually pray for each other, whether the answer is now or later. I think even just that's really helpful hearing that. I don't, I don't know if I've thought about it like that, where it's like, if this, if the person who's struggling with this, who wants prayer for, for something they have to deal with hourly and daily and I think it's, I feel awkward or burdened to pray for it again when I prayed for it seven days ago. It's like, no, for them to hear that I still care and that I'm still wanting to bring that before the Lord, like, it's a big deal. It's encouraging them, which is something we're constantly called to do in the New Testament. Yeah, that's good. I don't think I've ever thought of it like like that. I'm like, well, it didn't, it did, nothing changed. I guess I'll ask again. But it's also, which is like, yes, I want to be persistent in praying, but it's also a way of loving that person really well. So that, that's very helpful. Well, and doesn't our, like, when we pray, it is just increasing our intimacy with the Father. So mm. we're, whatever we're praying for, I have a friend that has has had an ailment for, I mean, I think pro- probably 20 years now. And I, uh, if it's Sunday or whatever, and it's like time for healing prayer or like, hey, come up if you want healing. I, there, almost every week, there's times I want to just go over and be like, go for it. Right. Like, what if today, but I know it's so hard. So hard. Like, you, like. You, we, this is where we have to have the Holy Spirit that puts it in us to mm-hmm. say, we are going to contend for this healing until he's healed. Or what does Sam say? When God says no, right. you know, or until Jesus comes back. Right. Yep. Uh, those are kind of the answers. And then I think for me, and I did this just for you, David. Oh, good. Um, this has become one of my favorite passages ever since you preached. Oh, um, this is this I no matter what what the answer is to the prayer I just keep reading this over our people when the Lord passed before Moses the Lord told us who he who he is who he was the Lord the Lord so he's saying Yahweh Yahweh this is who he is he's merciful he's gracious he's slow to anger and he's abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness 
He forgives sin, transgression, and he actually keeps steadfast love for thousands. So, like, oh, he, why we're not healed? I don't know why, mm. but this is who he is. Right. And so we have to in our group. We keep going back to guys. We're going to fight as hard as we can for this. We're going to ask and ask and ask. But we know he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And so we're going to trust in that. And only the Holy Spirit can put trust in us to keep pressing through. Mm. So I think we have to keep asking. And I think we have to always point people to how good God is and who he really is. Because you can have a tendency to be like, maybe he's not that good. Yeah. But the word says. Right. Well, and I think what, what you're getting at, too, is that when when we as the community of Christ stand up week after week after week and beseech the good character of God to move and act, and we are unflinching in our requests because we know he's unflinching in his character, we are giving testimony to the person in suffering that God is still good every day, even when their suffering continues. We are, we are embodying this word of who God is, that he is long-suffering, so we will be long-suffering, that he is faithful, so we're going to be faithful to pray. Like we get to incarnate the character of God by regularly interceding for people and suffering. I think that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I feel like it's, it's again, talking about prayer, talking about healing, um, it, it just, it, it goes together in mm-hmm. continuing to say our dependence isn't on ourselves, on our hopes and dreams, but it's on the one who yeah. set everything into motion. So we've talked about vulnerability, right? We've talked about awkwardness a little bit and needing to someone to go first. And, you know, what else is just hard when it comes to practicing the spiritual gifts in community? Mariah or Aaron, have either of you had just like some things that come to mind when I say, what's hard about being in community and using the gifts, Aaron? So Matt loves to put us in awkward. Oh, yeah. He, he likes that. So he'll just say, okay, we're just going to take some time to listen for spirit to speak to you. So then silence. Mm-hmm. And in a room of, of some people who have never really walked in spiritual gifts. It can get awkward. It is awkward. Yeah. It's awkward to, like, it's awkward for people who have been around it forever. Mm-hmm. And then it's awkward for people who have never been around it. But just trusting that hopefully someone's going to speak and they would. Yeah. And in people that, like like Andy said earlier, in people that don't even think they have spiritual gifts, like you wouldn't believe what you just said, like was exactly mm-hmm. right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mariah, anything that you can think of that is just hard when it comes to... Well, well, our most recent community group, I think we had quite a few unbelievers in our group. Yeah. And okay. that is yes. really hard. That's good. Um, in, in the sense of knowing you're wanting to cultivate and encourage moving in the gifts and then you've got this group of people here that doesn't move in the gifts yet um we had a a guy in our group a muslim guy he would sit with us and while we were talking about the bible he would interject his comments about um allah and you know he would just throw in stuff like yeah we're all on the same page you know and so like just that picture of like gosh some of the people here are like I want the gifts to be on display even mm-hmm. for the non-believers, yep. but I also, I mean, to be real honest, I don't want to scare people away that aren't believers yet either. And right. so it's like, how far do we go in some of this stuff yeah. <laughs> for the people that may be in the room that don't know him yet? Right. And it's a good, it's a, it's a really good thing to be thinking about when you have non-believers in your community group, because even 1 Corinthians 14, which you referenced earlier, talks about the gifts in correlation to both believers and non-believers. Things like tongues... 
you know, that might just scare off a non-believer, maybe don't be doing that in your community group around a bunch of non-believers. But things like words of prophecy or knowledge that might be able to actually expose something in their heart, say exactly what they need to hear, lean into those. So we need to both be prudent and wise, but also unafraid and unashamed mm-hmm. to practice the spiritual gifts yeah. among unbelievers. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that context. That's yeah. good. Well, and how about just shepherding the gifts? You want mm. to talk about what can be really difficult is because when you're in a culture where mm-hmm. um, prophetic words are maybe a little bit more normal than in some other places, you can get some words that are like, like what happens when you get one that's like, oh gosh, I don't think that's biblical. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you have to decide in your community group, is this a, a moment mm-hmm. for the group yeah. or is this a moment after the group to say, hey, can we talk a little bit more about that word? Mm-hmm. Um, there are just some places in scripture that I just don't feel like those line up super well. Right. Yep. But th- I mean, and then again, we can probably tell stories all day. When you're in a church that really is pursuing, like I think the Bible says, spiritual gifts and prophecy, there are times when even God gives some really strange words. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got a picture of a bird on a wire and that bird fell off. Right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. What do we, I don't know yep. what to do with that. Well, okay. So how do you pastor that moment? Like, what if we pause and we say, Holy Spirit, help. Can you show us, <laughs> if, if this is from you, would you show us something? What, maybe give someone else like a, an interpretation mm-hmm. of that word. Right. And then maybe some application. Um, I, I think that's maybe one of the harder things. And then who does that in yep. the group? It, right. it, again, is it is there a gifting of shepherding the spiritual gifts? You know, uh, maybe just the shepherd. Uh, uh, you know, it's pastoring people. Yeah. Uh, but I think those can be some awkward moments when mm-hmm. you're talking about spiritual gifts mm-hmm. in a small group of people and not knowing, like, I don't know what to do next. But I think turning and yeah. saying, Holy Spirit, would you come yeah. show us? And I think there's, like, mm-hmm. I, I, at least I've learned with our group, like, because I'm the leader of our community group. And so, but what's cool is when you trust the Holy Spirit, that he's not just speaking to you, he's speaking to everybody. And uh, the group tends to iron those things out as a whole, you know? So I don't have to be like heavy handed sometimes when it comes to like, yes, that was weird. Maybe that's not right. You know, oftentimes like the Holy Spirit will do something in someone else to be like, I think maybe what they meant was, you know, and the Holy Spirit does it through someone who's like an encourager or someone who's Mm -hmm. have the gift of kindness and gentleness, which Mm -hmm. is not me. (laughs) And like, like I'm more of the, like the forthright person. And so, well, you've got your black and white speaker. Like, Hey, this is, yeah, that's totally me. I'm a, I'm a prophet of like, not like a, I'm going to get a word. Like right. This is, I'm taking the word and yeah. I'm going to help apply it to you. Right, yeah. <laughs> like this. And then it is beautiful to watch the mercy oh and my the goodness. exhortation so gift good. go. It's that whole front door, side door, back door totally. conversation. Like, how do you really do this? And so to see the beauty of people who are like, oh man, when I'm confronting, I confront on the side. Yep. Oh, I confront straight on. Like, well, let's get together. Mm-hmm. Maybe confront halfway between. Yep. So I don't know. It's, it's helpful for leaders to know that your your other members are also filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe let them uh, iron out. Now, don't don't use that as an excuse to just right. let heresy slide. You know, <laughs> but Absolutely. but also like you're not alone in mm-hmm. community. There's other yeah. people there. Um, yeah, go more. Go and I would just say too, there's just an opportunity to connect and go deeper in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Sherry Willis used to say, um, confrontation is about connection. 
Mm, that's good. And I never had thought of, I, I, I tend to avoid confrontation um, if I can. <laughs> and when I, when I heard that, I thought, gosh, I, if, if my confronting of somebody in my community group is about connecting with them, mm-hmm. my motivation even going towards them is going to be really different. Totally. And um, we've had some moments this year in our community group where, you know, p- stuff was shared and we were like, ah, I don't know. Mm. And it actually, we got together and we had dinner and like we we left like way deeper connected with Definitely. them. And it was like, man, that was so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I want to I want to talk about before we close um, is something that we talked about um, off the air after one of our other podcasts, and it, it's about how um, we we need to allow the Holy Spirit to um, create the nights He wants to create and build the groups He wants to build. Um, and so, oftentimes when we when we approach anything, especially in the West, um, we want to um, we want to address it programmatically where there's an ABC that we have to work through. And we kind of t- talked to this earlier. Well, if we spend all time in A praying, we don't get to B and C. Isn't that a problem? No, if that's what needs to happen that night. And so we've kind of talked a little bit about letting the Holy Spirit guide the, guide the meeting. Um, but I think there's something else that, that I feel like I've been being taught recently. We just had three new couples join our community group. And um, I just felt really impressed by this fact that if our group and what happens on a Tuesday night when we meet doesn't look different now that we have six new people in our group with different giftings, then we have not allowed them to come into the group. They're not a part of the group. They're now spectators of what the group was already doing without them. And so like, we have to be open to who, who are these people? What are their gifts? And what are they bringing to us that we need to now change the group to fit and allow for? And so that was just like, I would just be curious how you guys respond to that because that's been a really recent thought, like the last 48 hours. And I just, I'm curious what you guys think about that. Well, it, it messed with me <laughs> when you said it earlier. Um, I was like, yes, yes. And then I, I immediately went like, how? Right. <laughs> like on that night when they arrive, what does that look like? You know, because our group, there is a, a functional like plan mm-hmm. that I want to try to move through. Now, if we get in an area and it's like sit yeah man we're gonna do it and right. and we also are like guess what we meet three more times this month yeah <laughs> like i'm we didn't get to this piece or, or maybe we didn't get to take communion which is something we're wanting to do more mm-hmm. in our group uh, which we talked about previous episodes but basically the, the question for me is just it's a it's it messed up my thought process because i was like man that is absolutely true mm. like it that has to be true and then the how yeah like how does that work out that first night I can almost see like over time, mm-hmm. it begins to move like, oh, we're getting to know where your gifts are and we are expanding. But it makes me, that first night makes me nervous. Like, what if they don't like our group because they don't feel connected because we didn't change or oh, shift? Oh, I understand. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I went to the how immediately, which sure. is where my brain goes. So. <laughs> what about you guys when you, when, you, when you think about like groups looking like the people who are in them and the way the Holy Spirit's gifting them? Um, versus like a cookie cutter approach that this is what groups have to look like regardless of who's in them. What do you guys think? I mean, I love that. Mm. I love that idea. I think my, I'm, I'm like Andy, I go to the how (laughs) um, real quick too, but my husband is much more of the visionary and he, um, the way he leads 
from the very first week people come in, he'll, he'll say to them, hey, you're the leader. Mm-hmm. You're one of the leaders of this group. What's on your heart? Mm-hmm. And he just has this ability to just like, I mean, people come to the door and he's like, welcome home. You're the leader of this group too, you know? And, um, and so he kind of engages people, like even just the way he talks to them is mm-hmm. like, you're part of this group immediately. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so powerful to do that for people. Yeah, that's really cool. Erin? Um, I think when we have new people come in, I think we're, we're, our group is really good about swarming them. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of are getting to know them in that time of community group where you're just chatting before the meeting starts. I would say how to, like, when it's already started and they come in or how do you change it when it's already flowing? I think that's difficult. Mm-hmm. We, so we did communion a couple of weeks ago and had a couple come in late. Mm-hmm. Immediately the hospitality people jumped up, got them communion, got them bread, got, you know, all the elements, you know, so made sure that they were a part of the group, but it would have been really awkward to like yeah. stop Hey, right. <laughs> welcome. Totally. But and I think I think one I think the sentiment I mean I, I was expressing was far more a long-term question mm-hmm. than a single night question. Right. It's far more of like uh oh there are these like let's say we never practiced the prophetic and then we got three couples who just are operating in that like crazy and we just never had prayer ministry time and we we taught a lot and we sang a lot and that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And like cuz like I have I have the teaching gift. And so that's what that's what we do. Deal with it. And then we get a bunch of prophets that come in and there's no room for them, but too bad because that's just, this is the rubric that we go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like we would have to adapt over time once we learned that those were their gifts, like, or else our group would not have included them. That's kind of what I'm getting at is, is that if we, you can't build a one size fits all rubric because you don't know how the giftings of different people proportionately are being involved in those groups. I think that's what I'm getting at more. Does I mean, that, that, yeah, it goes right back to First Corinthians 14. Totally. That when you come, yes. you come with something. And if the prophet comes in, and but it's a primary teaching singing group, mm-hmm. and then it stays that way, right. then, we're, then we're actually disobedient to mm-hmm. First Corinthians 14 because right. we're not allowing we're not stopping. what's coming in. Uh-huh. To, yep. And for that other gift to be like, we're not fanning the flame or mm-hmm. pouring gasoline on. We're saying, I mean, we've... We, we like this way. Yeah. And it's worked for us yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Right. And that's a good hard check, I feel like, mm. for our groups and especially our groups that have gone on for a long time or have done it a certain way for a long time. Is anybody new coming into your group? Right. If they come in, do they stay? Mm-hmm. If they don't, why? Why don't they stay? Is it because they feel like, oh, this is the worship and prayer group and right. I love to teach yes. and there's no place for that here, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a good hard check to just go, man, what's happening in our group yeah. and why is that happening? Yeah. Aaron? Um, Matt split us up at one point into four different groups. We had the prayer group, the teaching group, the mission group, um, hospitality group. Uh-huh. And so what that did was everybody kind of was like, well, this is this is where I feel like my gifting is. And then we're able to walk that out. So the prayer group started prayer meetings Mm -hmm. and the teaching group took a week every, took turns teaching. So then everybody's getting to use their gifts, which I thought was beautiful. That's cool. So everybody's walking out in what they love to do. So that's one thing you could do. I love that. I think Mm -hmm. think the other danger of the one size fits all approach uh, is homogeny around the wrong thing. It's like when people come to be part of the community of Christ, we want to homogenize them into his image. 
not into ours, you know? And so when they come in and let's say we have like, um, like someone who's just all about healing and evangelism, and those are very good things. And those can be very strong, charismatic, overpowering gifts at times that leaders, especially charismatic leaders can use. And people just want to like fall in line. It's like, oh, okay, Christian community is about healing and evangelism. Got it. And like, yeah, it's part of it. But if, 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 if we don't allow those people to come in and then add to what we're doing, we end up homogenizing them around our image and we end up creating a myopic or biopic view of what the Christian life looks like instead of a spectrum, uh, the full image of Christ. You know, Because basically then we have people coming in and say, well, because you're not an eye you know, and, and I'm an ear, you don't belong here. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we, we want to form bodies. Mm-hmm. So if we all look the same, we're not forming bodies. We're forming a ball of fingers or something, you know? Isn't it crazy it keeps coming back to the Bible? It's so weird how it does that. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, any any last things that we haven't touched on yet, Andy, that you'd want to? I know. I'll just end with this um, in Acts, the end of Acts 4. Uh, it's just this prayer piece that I, I've been listening to this cultural moment, which oh, we, so good. We, we talked about in a previous episode a little bit, but um, there's all this stuff you can take from that, those podcasts, mm-hmm. like intellectual, cultural, secular, post-Christian, post-modern. And the thing that I've grabbed is this piece in Acts uh, 4. It's just, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. And I, I just kind of wanted to end a spiritual gift prayer on, man, we have to be dependent upon God to do everything, strategy, mm-hmm. plans, all this stuff everything comes down to, are we actually asking God to move? And then I think about that moment for these people in the book of Acts and like they experienced a building shaking because of the power of God. Why? Because they prayed. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage our people, can we pray together? And what does that look like? And can we do it more than five minutes here yeah. uh, after a meal, What like whatever. And like, can we be people that are starting to even more cry out because it's what it's when god moves when we cry out together so that's that's awesome that's great well thanks andy and mariah and aaron thank you guys for being here for this it was really great having you and um we'll continue our series on community uh next week so we'll hope uh you'll join us there but in the meantime have a great week and we will see you next time Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BridgewayOKC, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchOKC. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.